As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hey, it's Wes back again this week. I guess the people in charge are slow learners because they put me back in the driver's seat this week, so I don't know. But I, I've got a couple of dependable backseat drivers that stuck around <laughs> to make sure the bus doesn't crash and burn. So we got Carly. Hello, hello. And Reagan. Hey. And then we got Christian to make it the potty hey. bus. How's it going, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're just really... Amped up this week. Yes. Oh, yes. did you catch that? Did you catch that? That's good. <laughs> so we talked a little bit last week about how it's impossible to have those tight relationships when there are trust issues. And our understanding of relationships is developed early on in childhood, and, and that is reflected later in life with how easily we bond or allow ourselves to fully invest in families of our own, right? When we get to start choosing our relationships. So trust gives us comfort in, in that family interdependence, right? And I want to go back to the original couple again to give us more perspective on the human condition. So the creator gave the first human a worthy partner because we are made to be in relationship. So God uses this sort of weird process of disassembling the human being so that there are now two halves of a whole relationship. And they were completely interdependent or actually incomplete alone because they couldn't fulfill their their physical purpose without each other. And if we're uncomfortable with interdependence, we will always be paranoid in partnerships or those permanent commitments. And of course, God has to be the source of every identity within that relationship so they will be supernaturally bonded together with unconditional love. So Carly did a fantastic job on Sunday night yes, with her message did. and everything else, and we just loved it so much. We wanted her to come back in this week, <laughs> sort of recap what she said, and hit us with some truth bombs. You ready? I am. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I just I talked about how it's so hard to get our identity right um because there there's just so much noise in the world today um and so many outside sources that attempt to define our identity and tell us who we are but that god is really the only one who has the authority to tell us who we are because he created us um and i i read the quote that says there is no true knowledge of self apart from knowledge of god um and just that we are we're created in the image of God like it plainly says that in the Bible and if we don't truly know God and then we we don't know ourselves and that there's a difference between believing in God and really knowing him and knowing Mm -hmm. him comes from being in his word and consistently communicating with him and and just being in his presence um and then I I ended with a verse from Ephesians. It's Ephesians 2 4, and it says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. 
That's good. Yeah. Been dwelling on that verse throughout the week, you know? So good. It's just like the big whole picture of like your identity comes from an intimate relationship with Christ. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I love that, Christian. I love that you said um, an intimate relationship. And I think God created us to have an intimate relationship. And that's where we get our identity from. Um, I, In my message, I also said that, um, you know, it, it really is a slap in the face to God when we allow someone else who doesn't have the authority to tell us who we are to do that. Um, and I, I gave the example of a potter and how a potter spends all of his time making this bowl exactly the way he wants it to be. And he made it to be a bowl. And then someone comes and sees it and is like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to buy it. But then they decide to use it as a chair. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's like really kind of (laughs) far-fetched. Um, but when you think about it, so is allowing other people and other things to tell us who we are. All I can sit here and think of is just like, you know, if God makes you a bowl, don't let people sit on you. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Bro, I'm not sure. (laughs) Reagan gave us some insight last week about how difficult it is for us to be dependent on anyone. And sometimes we sort of project that on our relationship with God. Yeah, um, last week we were in small group. I was just talking a little bit um, with Leah about identity and how sometimes we place our identity um, in things other than God. Um, And so I was thinking, and, you know, it's like when you take a gas car, a car that requires gas, you can't fill it up with diesel. And it's kind of like our relationship with the Lord. If your tank's half half empty, you can't fill it up with other things. That's not going to get you closer to God. Um, and I just I think it's important that we are conscious and that we're aware um, of what we're feeding in um, to our spiritual tanks and Amen. and making sure that it's not things of the world and and that it is um, directly from the Lord. Yeah, that's so good. If you fill it up, you know, with things that are that are not um, rooted in Christ, things that are not from the Lord, um, eventually that may get you down the road, you know, for a brief amount of time, but eventually you're going to be stranded on the side of the road and there's not going to be anybody there to help you. Um, in in that moment, um, you're going to have to rely on the Lord and you have to, you have to trust him and rely on him that, um, to fill your tank up. Um, but that also comes with, uh, being in relationship with him and being present. Um, it's a two way street, you know? So, yeah. And I added a little bit to that. I I don't want to take credit for it because it was all her concept, (laughs) but the truth is, when we're thinking about what we fill ourselves with, God is the only fuel for our soul. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. Ooh, that that's letter good. to the church at Ephesus, we were talking about Ephesians, is it, it seems like it's written about our struggle to deal with the tension between dependence and freedom, mm-hmm. right? Because we're told we have freedom in Christ. Chapter 3, verse 12 says... Because of Christ and our faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. But it's chapter 4 really where that faith is taken to the next level because the only way to step into our new identity is to leave the old one behind. Mm 
And verse 21 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So I, I want to go back and read Genesis 3, and that's where we talk about how you know the original couple was duped, right? So I'm going to read, read it in the message, verses 1 through 5. It says, The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God has made. He spoke to the woman, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, Don't eat from it. Don't even touch it, or you will die. The serpent told the woman, You won't die. God knows the moment that you eat from the tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. Now, there's so much in the details that we don't have time to talk about today, but it's important to see that there's always a way to mess up a good thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't think about that enough. And sometimes we are just one choice away from lifelong consequences. So... Brand new humans created in the image of the creator with childlike innocence, but also with this quality that nothing else in creation possesses. It's this conscious freedom or, or free will, if you want to use philosophical terms. Having freedom to choose is different than the awareness of independence. All right. And I just want to make that clear because children have freedom as human beings. That, that's from birth. But when they get to a certain age, they realize what freedom is, and they start challenging boundaries, and they start pushing the... You know what I'm saying? They start yeah. pushing their ability to make their own choices. And so these two young adults were enjoying their best life until someone tells them they weren't. They come along and say, oh, you're not living your best life. You need to do this. And all of a sudden, for the first time, they distrust the creator. So freedom was part of the identity, you know, part of the human identity before there was ever talk of freedom like we think about today, you know, that came about with the revolution here in the United States and in France and all these other places. And it's men like Abraham Lincoln that pointed out how humans were created with God-given rights that cannot be removed, all right? This is, this is something from God. And sure, you can physically restrict people from doing certain things in life, but you can't take away individual choice. We still know that we have, even if there's consequences, we have the right to choose when someone tries to force us or keep us from doing something. So, Conscious awareness is in our nature, and one reason freedom is dangerous is because it's so powerful. Because if you couple freedom without restriction, you have the ability to do amazing good, or you have the ability to do some very terrible things. And we see that like in terrorism, 
the less external control we have from laws and, and government authority, the more internal guidance and direction is, is critical to keep our selfish, selfish nature in check. And our society uh, really can't function without everyone having this moral compass that points toward, you know, Matthew seven twelve, the golden rule. Treat people like you want to be treated. Uh, our new identity or nature really has no room for ego. And if you're you're looking at Ephesians, you just go uh, one chapter over, and you have Galatians, and Paul is still trying to convince them that this new identity, this new nature, is is a whole new person, and freedom is always going to be dangerous. Our free will can get in the way of being everything that God wants us to be if we don't have um, anything internally guiding us and giving us uh, direction and showing us the right way to live our lives. And so verse 13 in Galatians 5 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. The Creator could have easily made us like animals that have pre-programmed instincts, right? So survival... Adaptation without curiosity, creativity, and ability to contemplate our own existence. That's, that's the difference that human beings have, is that animals, you know, run on their default program from start to finish, yeah. and, and that's it. So don't you think that we would have been a lot less trouble if God had just made us like animals? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, you think about, you know, how kids when they start walking when they start getting their own awareness when they start pushing boundaries when they start wanting to make their own choices you know there's a lot of people are like wow i wish you were just in your crib again i wish you were still that little (laughs) cute baby that i held you know because all of a sudden they're experiencing way more freedom than they were before but also there's this freedom to choose their to love their parents back Ooh, amen and that's huge because you can't actually have real love without the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. And God knows that. That's really good. Yeah. So all this leads up to our desire, you know, to make a choice. Do we want to be emancipated from our guardians, a.k.a. rebellious teenager? You know what I mean? So what advice would you give an adolescent dealing with the universal desire to be independent? Oh, goodness. 
First of all, I would say it's not as fun as it sounds. Yeah. Ooh, that's for sure. I don't know. I It comes with a lot of pressure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> because kind of back to the whole identity thing, you know, when you're dependent on yourself and yourself only, yeah. that's a lot of um, opportunity to fail. And right. with failure comes shame a lot of the time. Um and even even when you do succeed, a lot of the time, again, that comes with pride, and neither one of those things are oh, that is are good. Remember that. So, remember that in your sermon. Yeah, <laughs> good. So good. Anybody else? I think the way we talked about it last uh, small group, whenever you brought this up about the diesel and the gas tank thing, um, I just remember driving up here, and I was just thinking like, like we were created to be satisfied by God every day. <clears throat> like he is the ultimate source. We can go look for everything else in our day, even if it doesn't seem like that's bad, it's that bad. Like like music, you know what we fill ourselves up with, but God created us, you know, but before like earth even began, he created us to be satisfied by him and him alone. And so he's like everything we need, but to understand that, you know, you got to know him. So like a kid doesn't isn't going to know that until they Maybe go through it and experience it, experience life, and then realize they can't do it on their own. So good. good. Yeah. Yeah, he, he desires us, you know, to depend on him and, and trust him. Um, and, and our identity should be placed in him, not the other right way around. Um, we shouldn't be trying to please God. Um, in a sense, like, that's not, um, we're not supposed to put our trust, I guess, in in our ability to please him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that just Ooh, made yeah. sense. Um, no, it's good. I We don't have to depend on how good we perform mm-hmm. about whether or not God cares about us or loves us. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you talk about pressure. Yeah. You talk about pressure. That's exactly where I, I sensed Carly was coming from is like, if I don't perform, I'm not going to be loved. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that message is so like pervasive in our culture Mm -hmm. because we have this consumer driven idea in relationships where it's transactional you know it's just like here's the transaction i do this for you and you love me back and you know as long as i can keep up whatever performance your expectations have then i'm gonna get love but the moment i don't look a certain way i don't do what you want i don't you know live up to what you expect from me then I know it's over. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I think about this a lot. It's a good thing to come back to you. And when you're walking with the Lord, you know, and you get into this religious mindset, you know, as humans, we are hardwired to self-righteousness and to works-based obedience. And if we don't remind ourselves of the gospel and like in our identity in that, mm-hmm. then we're going to immediately revert back to my performance isn't enough for God. And you start putting your identity in your works and that is huge that we need to like identify that because I, I hear it all the time from this pastor really like he said like this is a part of his prayer that he prays every morning he says in Christ there's nothing I could do that would make you love me more and there's nothing I could do that you make you love me mm-hmm. less and yeah Carly kind of had something about that in her sermon and it was it was just like amen you know just remind exactly. yourself of that every day you're right every single day we need to hear that sometimes mm-hmm. multiple times a yeah. day yeah so that brings me around to uh, what I told you guys to think about with songs. Because I believe oh, that, you know, this guy we know as Paul of Tarsus was inspired <laughs> to write a letter to the church at Ephesus addressing all these things. And then 
I think of this group called Citizens was yeah. inspired to write a song exactly about what Paul said in this letter to the church at Ephesus, and it's called Made Alive. And so the song says, If ever I forget my true identity, show me who I am and help me to believe. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Anybody else have a song that stood out to them? Okay, so I had one by my guy Leland. Love that man. Um, this is a song that came out like not that long ago off of the album Better Word. Got to give you the whole detail of it all. But um, basically this song is about like his blood speaks a better word. The song is called Better Word. And uh, I'll just read some of the lyrics here. Your blood, the measure of my worth, your blood, more than I deserve, your blood speaks a better word, speaks a better word. It's singing, it's singing out with life. It's shouting down the lies. Oh, it echoes through the night, the precious blood of Christ, it speaks a better word. And then the second verse, it says, your blood, your blood is a robe of righteousness, your blood and my hope, my hope and my defense, your blood forever, forever covers me. I think it's just like the lies that get thrown at you and just the world that you're living in, like Satan from the beginning, you know, the lies that he said that, that caused this rift between us and God and like God comes through with his, his, his real, his true identity that he speaks over us. He speaks, always speaking a better word over us. And so it's so important to listen to God's voice and seek his voice and all that. So good. It's really good. I think sometimes we think our sin is too much for God. Um, And there's a song, it's mercy by Amanda cook. And it says my past embraced my sin forgiven. I'm blameless in your sight. My history rewritten and i think that is so good um it's so true i mean our sin is (laughs) yeah really um just listening to that song is you know sometimes we come from places in our life that you know were hard and they were tough but looking back on them now like being able to see the growth um from those situations and to see um the, the i guess the improvement yeah. Or whatever. That's a terrible Spiritual word progress. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, in our relationship with the Lord, um, I think that just ties in perfectly. Yeah. Honestly. Absolutely. Anybody else? You guys are on a roll. Don't stop now. <laughs> um, the song that I chose was You Say by Lauren Daigle. Um, I think that's a song that a lot of people know, but the the second verse says, the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. Um, I just think that's that's so powerful. And you know, it doesn't say the only the only person whose thoughts about you matter is God's. It says the only thing that matters. Ooh. So, like, my works don't matter. Yeah. In the end, the only thing that matters is what God says about me. And it goes on to say, you know, you say I'm loved. You say I'm strong. You say I'm held. You say I'm yours. Yeah. Mm. Gonna start singing up in here. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? I have a second one. Okay. Since we're just sharing them. Let's go. It's, it's so good. I feel like I'm always singing. Like, I always have a song for something. This I mean, is I'm, why you're here, Chris. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I always have something to go to, something relating, I guess. I mean, there's a broad spectrum of, like, just what God, your identity in God is. But this one by another one of my favorite worship leaders is Aaron Gillespie, uh, his song, All He Says I Am. And I'm just like, just the bridge part. It's just saying, I am all that he says I am. I am loved. I am new again. I am free. I'm no slave to sin. I'm a saint. I am righteousness and I'm alive. 
I'm alive in him. Like that is so good. Yes. And I think I'm just going to throw this in there because I feel like a, a thing we're talking about is like, we are, we have an identity by knowing him, by knowing, like really knowing him. And it's like, you know, you don't, you can't have a true identity without experiencing him, experiencing a father who, you know, isn't about religion. It's a real love. And like, I think of the t- all the time, the, the saying that's like, when I mess up, I don't run from, I don't run from my father because I'm scared of him. I run to my father because I, I know he can handle it. He knows what to do. You know, that's, that's where you get your identity from. You know him as love and you become love and everything that he says you are. So, mm. so good. Yeah. That what Christian said sides ties in really well with this song by Bethel. It's called pieces. Oh, yeah. Bethel. So good. Um, <laughs> it says unreserved, unrestrained. Your love is wild. Um, and then the mm. next verse says, uncontrolled, uncontained, your love is a fire burning bright for me. Um, and it's talking about how he doesn't give his heart in pieces. Yeah. Um, oh, he gives song. it to us as a whole. It's a really good song. Yeah. I actually didn't choose this song before Bruh. this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Um, but yeah, Reagan, when you were talking about um, fuel and what we fuel into our lives, it made me think of the song um, The Secret Place by Phil Wickham. I love this song. It says, Where will you run, my soul? Where will you go when wells run dry? When the wind starts to blow, how are you going to keep this flame alive? In the fading light, when night is breaking, I know you will always be waiting. You'll always be there. Mm. I'm running to the secret place where you are getting goosebumps i just yeah i think that it's so important that yeah we know where to run oh when those times come, come. that's good that is it honestly because when you're talking about relationships of course it's a two-way street first mm-hmm. of all yeah uh, love is not one directional yeah there's no no real relationship if it's just from god God's going to love us no matter what. He loves every, this is, this is the deal that people can sort of wrap their minds around is that God loves people, but how many people love God back? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's crazy. Cause that's like, I always hear it said like, God is so loving that he gave us free will. He mm-hmm. gave us the choice. People were like, why did he give us free will? But he, he loved us so much that he gave us free will and a choice to love him back. You know, like that is that is amazing and like that's so real it's not a formula it's not fake it's not anything robotic it's a real passionate love with god so good there always has to be two parties in the commitment in the relationship that is not just based on emotion that it's not temporary it's it's not something circumstantial and of course, you know, the more you read in scripture, it's it's that word covenant. And it, mm-hmm. it sounds so churchy, you know, a lot of times, but people that have experienced God's love in a way that is different than any other relationship that they've had, those people pursue God with everything that they are, and they are unashamed to, sh- to tell people and show people how much they love God with every aspect of their lives. And I think that is what we're talking about here is that there, there has to be choices made in our lives to love someone back like that. I mean, you can't say you love someone 
and it be believable when nothing else in your life reveals that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of First uh, John 4, and it says, Dear friends, sorry, First John 4, 7, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That is so good. I forgot about that verse. Yeah. So I I don't really have a whole lot uh, else to say today. It's been really good other than I kind of want to circle back around. um, And we started out asking the question a couple of podcasts ago, what does it mean to be human? And, and I think this is the whole idea is that when we find our identity in our relationship with God, then there is a new way to be human. Uh, something that we don't see every day, uh, something we don't see in people that obviously have not found their identity in Christ. Um, but there is a song <laughs> by the band Switchfoot yes. <laughs> named New Way to Be Human. And this is how it goes. Every day it's the same thing. Another trend has begun. Hey kids, this might be the one. It's a race to be noticed and it's leaving us numb. Hey kids, we can't be the ones. With all of our fashion, we're still incomplete the God of redemption could break our routine. There's a new way to be human. 